Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A in Kankakee. I'm Pastor Carl Copen, and I'll be leading today's service. You will hear some scripture readings, a sermon, uh, uh, and the Lord's Prayer, as well as a benediction, and pray that you're blessed by these words this day. This weekend is the fifth Sunday of Easter. In the Gospel reading, we're taking a look at John chapter 14, uh, and Jesus is with his disciples, and and he's talking about getting a dwelling place ready for you and me. He's talking about home. And this is God calming our troubled hearts, especially in these difficult times. And so I pray that God uses this time in his word to bless you and your families and your lives. Our first reading today from Acts chapters 6 and 7, selected verses in that, uh, giving us a glimpse into God's work in the early church and, and some of the challenges that were there. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and, <clears throat> and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, so the word of God spread. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as all the provinces of Cilicia, and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen. To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have, you have received the law that was put into effect through the angels and have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. He said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelled at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragging him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, where uh, Peter is giving us a glimpse into God's working new, new working in, in, into our lives 
uh, bringing new things into our lives. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. And, and, uh, and, and so Jesus is there preparing something for us, a place for us, a home. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am the father? I am in the father and that the father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our Gospel reading. Let us pray. O Almighty God, bless us as we worship apart and strengthen us since we are united in you. Fill us with your hope and joy in the midst of this crisis, and as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts 
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata, uh, maybe you know her. She tells a story about a retreat. She uh, said at, at the end of a five day retreat for families affected by disabilities, a microphone was passed around to all their participants so they should ca- could share a couple of sentences about how meaningful and how fun the week had been. There is a boy by the name of Jeff, a little freckled-faced, red-haired boy. He raised his hand, and everyone was so excited to see what Jeff would say because he had won the hearts of everyone there during the family retreat. Jeff has Down syndrome. And he took the microphone, he put it right up to his mouth, and he said, let's go home. (laughs) Later, his mother told me Jeff really misses his dad back home. His dad couldn't come to the family retreat because he had to work. And even though Jeff had had a great time, he had had a a fun-filled week, he was ready to go home because he, he really missed his dad. Home. There are a lot of phrases about home, aren't there? Maybe these are familiar. Well, just a little bit longer, and we're going to be home. Or, hey, I'm going to be home in about one day, and in about four hours, I'll be home for you. Or... The classic, there's no place like home. Now, while many of you may be tired of staying inside your homes during this crisis, I'm sure you can think back to a time when you really longed to be home again. Home is that place of safety and security. It's a place of of, uh, familiarity, a a place of peace. There's nothing quite like going home, right? I mean, deployed soldiers count the days until they can get home and be back safely with their loved ones. After weeks of grinding through tests and papers and dorm life, college students just can't wait to get home uh, to the comforts and good food of home. After a long vacation trip, at some point we realize it's time. We need to go home. Countless songs have been written about going home. You can probably list a couple off right now. I mean, the singers are yearning for that comfort of a place where they belong. Home. How sad is it when someone becomes homeless? Because what they knew as home is gone or that home life has fallen apart. You know, we we love going home. I mean, it was no different for Jesus' disciples. Today we get back to the night on which our Savior was betrayed. Jesus and his disciples were in an unfamiliar room, in a city with some very unfamiliar events that were about to take place. I mean, they didn't feel at home in the least, but Jesus brought them the comfort of home, really the comfort of their heavenly home. And Jesus encourages you and me too, we'll be home soon. But we often get worried about getting home, don't we? Maybe uh, you've had it where your flight has been delayed and you, maybe you miss your connection after a business trip and, and uh, that's, the, uh, that's gone on too long. Or, or maybe it's the end of your vacation, you begin your trip home and something's wrong with the car. Or, or maybe uh, a loved one's at the end of their deployment and they're supposed to take some kind of charter flight on a civilian airliner only to find out that airliner is now canceled or even bankrupt and they're not going to be flying anywhere anytime soon. I wonder if the disciples, if Jesus' disciples were ever wondering if they would ever get home too. I mean, sitting around this table with Jesus, 
they were more troubled as the night went on. I mean, what is it that troubles you so much? What is it that made, uh, what, what is it that troubled them really so much? What is it that troubled these brave disciples? What made them uh, tremble inwardly? Well, there was the sorrow over Jesus saying them, talking to them about his betrayal, his suffering, his death. There was some tension and there was uncertainty over just what would take place once they left the upper room that night. Then there was the fear and the worry about the future. So Jesus brought calm. He brought comfort to their hearts. He said to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Does that sound familiar? About four days later on that first Easter evening, Jesus would tell them something similar and he would say, peace be with you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What is it that troubles you? Is it the guilt of a sin or sins? Something you committed years ago, months or weeks or even days ago, and it just doesn't seem to let go of you? Is it the fear over the unknown for yourself? Maybe it's the fear of the unknown for a loved one. A fear that holds a such tight grip on your heart that threatens to choke the hope of eternal life right out of you. Is it the grief over the loss of a loved one that just never seems to leave you? Is it the worry over the troubling events of the present? Is it worry over the scary economic and, and political situations in our nation and in our state and community? Is it the worry over your own health problems and maybe it's the accompanying bills? Is it the worry over the family arguments, the, the selfish attitudes, the stress of an overfilled schedule or, or an upended schedule like many have today? What is it that troubles your heart? To our troubled hearts, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Now, at first we might say, uh, well, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. <laughs> You're not the one dealing with, you pick the topic. You're not dealing with this guilt, all this fear, and all this worry. But wasn't Jesus just about to do that very thing? He was about to leave that room that night and endure hell for you and me. He was about to leave that room and go and willingly endure the worst suffering mankind could dish out. He was about to be forsaken by the Heavenly Father, not for his own sin, but for ours. Why could Jesus say, do not let your hearts be troubled? Well, because he came to deal with what troubles our hearts. He came to deal with the guilt, the worry, the fear, the sorrow, the death. He came not to give some pious platitude, but to bring real peace and real comfort to our souls. That peace, that comfort that lasts unto all eternity. With his suffering, uh, with his death, with his three days in the tomb, with his rising from the dead, Jesus Christ makes it possible for you and me to go home. So he tells us, trust in God, trust also in me. We can trust him totally because he did all that for us. He took away every worry that we have about getting home because he has more 
He is getting home ready for you and me. I don't know if you've noticed on TV, Extreme Makeover Home Edition has made a comeback, a return. And I always like that show. On that show, there's this family in, in some kind of extraordinary need or, or crippling circumstances. And that situation makes it nearly impossible for them to live in their old homes. And yet they're doing it. And so the crew from Extreme Makeover Home Edition come in, they whisk the family away, and they go on some uh, Disney vacation or, or something like that. And, and with the family away and a lot of local help, they build this big, beautiful, uh, fully furnished, fully paid home for the family in need. Now, there's a limited time to build and furnish the home, but they always get the job done, and it's always done well. And their family returns from their vacation. They find the home of, uh, of their dreams built just for them. At the end, the host tells this elated family, welcome home. In a similar way, a more perfect way, Jesus promises to do the same thing for you and me. Not here on earth but in his presence in heaven and in all eternity. Listen again. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You see, we're in extraordinary spiritual need. We live in a world that is corrupted to the core with hatred towards God, God and his holy will. That wickedness affects us each and every day. We ourselves have a sinful nature inside of us that wants nothing to do with God's holiness and wants to drag us body and soul into the eternal fires of hell. Between the world, between our own sinful nature, we're left in, in spiritual squalor. St. Paul once lamented about it, asking, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he answers his own question by saying, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, Jesus rescues us from the squalor of the wicked world and our sinful lives by his gracious love for us through hearing the good news of forgiveness Jesus plants faith into our hearts, makes us one of his own beloved children. He then promises, I am going to prepare a place for you. In that upper room that night, Jesus promised he would personally prepare a home, especially for you and for me. He describes it this way, in my father's house are many rooms. Now, this is not, it's not that he's building you a bedroom, okay? He's building you a home. A home where you can settle, a home where you can stay and live for all eternity. A home that is free, a home that is free from worry and pain and sorrow and grief. It's, it's free from fear, uncertainty and guilt. It comes to you fully furnished a heavenly, with heavenly peace and comfort. And it's a home that doesn't cost us a thing. We owe nothing for that home. It has been fully paid with the blood of Jesus Christ himself for us on the cross. It was on that night that Jesus leaves to prepare our heavenly homes. To make that possible, Jesus endured everything. He endured uh, betrayal and suffering, 
death and burial. He rose again on the third day and 40 days later, fulfilling that promise when he visibly ascends into heaven to prepare a special place for each and every one of his children through faith. And that's you and that's me. You know, last week we talked about Good Shepherd Sunday and, and you know, we're part of his flock, right? We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. And so when do we get to enjoy it? When will we hear from the lips of Jesus? Welcome home. Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Someday, Jesus will welcome us home. It may be on that day that we pass through the doorway of death into eternal life. Or it will be on that day when Jesus returns again in glory to bring us home, body and soul, together again. You see, that's the truth that calms our troubled hearts. With that kind of assurance, we can lay down to sleep at night in peace. With that kind of assurance, we can wake up in the morning and live each new day, uh, not for ourselves, but for our Savior. With that kind of assurance, we confidently look forward to being with our Lord forever. Jesus said, you know the way to the place where I am going. We know the way is through Jesus, but sometimes we forget the way home, and, and don't we? And even Jesus' disciples had their moments. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? <laughs> Thomas, right? How quickly he forgot. But Jesus gives him and gives us a clear answer that leaves no shadow of a doubt. Jesus said, you want to know the way? <laughs> I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way home through our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, if anyone holds to a belief in some kind of generic God or rejects the truth about Jesus or holds on to what he or she can earn before God, they will not get home. That's what God's word tells us. Instead, they'll end up getting hopelessly lost on a confusing pathway to hell. But Jesus, by his teachings, by his miracles, proves that he is God himself. In the verses after our text, he, he describes how he and God the Father are one. That was at the end of our reading today. Uh, by faith in, in him, we realize that Jesus is the only way to heaven for us and and that someday he will bring us to our heavenly homes. We know that the way home comes from the only source of truth. We don't hear about Jesus from history books. We don't hear about him from legends. We hear about him from the pure word of God. In the pages of Holy Scripture, we learn how Jesus opened up the way for you and me. And now he makes us his own through faith in him. He, he pours out his grace on that word that is connected to the water and holy baptism. And he gives us himself with bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. We live in a world that claims that there is no truth. But in Jesus, we have truth. It's the only truth that gives us home. Through that truth, we have the only way home. And in that way, we have the, find the only source of life. It's not a fountain of youth, but 
life, eternal life, never-ending life through Jesus alone. Even now as we enjoy this Easter victory that Jesus has won for us, when he abandoned the grave, he cleared that last obstacle to eternal life for each and every one of us. And in Jesus, we know how to get home. We will be home soon. That's not a pious wish. It's not a morbid desire for death. Instead, it's a source of, of yearning, right? Uh, of yearning and joy and strength and peace. Uh, last weekend, I mentioned it was, it was of course, Good Shepherd Sunday, and we considered the blessing of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Uh, the Bedouin shepherds, a lot of times, will bring their flocks into the watering hole, and a lot of times, a lot of groups will all mix together. But the shepherd really doesn't worry. When he's ready, he calls out his sheep. They hear his voice, and they follow him. They know to whom they belong. They know the shepherd will bring them home. Because of our God-given faith in Jesus, we know that too. Well, we love going to earthly homes. <laughs> but even there, we know that we're still not yet home. We sang about it in our sermon hymn. Therefore, I murmur not. Heaven is my home. Whatever my earthly lot, heaven is my home. And I shall surely stand. There at my Lord's right hand, heaven is my fatherland. Heaven is my home. You know, I can't wait to see you back here at your church home. And it's true, we're stuck in our homes right now. And for some of you, it's probably driving you crazy. But the church home and the home that you're watching this in, they're not really our true home. You see, this is the cure for our troubling hearts. We'll be home soon. Heaven is our home. We will enjoy the blessings of the new heaven and the new earth, where body and soul that had been separated by death are now brought together again, reunited, and a time is coming when our living Lord will open his arm, arms wide and he will tell us what we've always wanted to hear. He'll say, welcome home, my child, welcome home. But until that day, let's always proclaim the goodness of God. Let's always proclaim his blessings. Let's proclaim the blessing of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let us praise God today and always as we shout out, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. O oh Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. During this time of sheltering in place, you can continue to hear us here on WKAN Radio, but you can also hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net, click Worship on the menu. May God bless you this day and always. In our risen Savior Jesus, amen.